Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday, we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story that Miguel de Leon first shared on the podcast in September of 2014. Here's Miguel now with a story we call Amateur. Let's get one thing straight. I'm a band nerd. I'm a bando, bandy, bandfag, band geek, whatever it was you called it in high school. That was me. I got really into it when I learned how to play the oboe. I mean, I saw it in concert once, and I was like, that thing that sounds like it's piercing through the orchestra, I want to play that. It was so showboaty. It was so kind of apt for soloistic performance that I wanted to, I wanted to shine in the middle of the orchestra. So one of the things that really, really made me want to play the oboe was listening to a couple pieces by this guy named Gustav Holst. He wrote two concert band pieces, and both of them feature a really gorgeous oboe solo. Um, just really singing kind of piece. It's a very vocal instrument. When you play it, the way that it makes a sound sounds so much that it sounds like you're singing through it. And when you play the oboe enough, you know how to make it sing. And you figure out how to make it sing. And I think it's the most gorgeous sound that an instrument could ever produce. So through this whole band nerddom, you know, junior year of high school, I was applying for colleges and I had this weird fame moment where I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to apply for music performance because I, I, I wanted to like live that weird, ridiculous fantasy 
of living in the big city and, and being surrounded by these these amazing people who play the instrument as well as you do and they're all so committed to it and it's you know lovey-dovey happy in this big city and I'm like yes I'm a superstar so the audition comes around and I bring my uh, mom with me to New York and you know we're supposed to go sightseeing every once in a while to kind of like get a feel for it and I just I just can't take in any sights you're supposed to be looking at this gorgeous tall building and I'm just playing the fingerings to Tchaikovsky Opus 20, and I can't concentrate. So the day of the audition finally comes, and I'm shaking. I shake all the way to the audition hall. I bring my mom with me for support, and not just emotional, but actual literal support, because I feel like I might be falling down the staircase to get up to the audition room. So I go into the practice room by myself and kind of calm myself down. So I start playing scales, and the thing takes over, the music takes over. And it's not just the oboe anymore, and it's not just you anymore. It's that exchange of making the sound. And playing it. and then hearing yourself through the music. So you calm yourself down. And then I was kind of ready for it. So I go into the audition room, and it's a jury of four people who are judging you whether or not you're good enough to be accepted into this program. And luckily for me, my jury consisted of people who all were ringers for daytime talk show hosts. Judge Judy was my head proctor. Right next to her was a skinny Ricky Lake, and then a Geraldo Rivera, and then Dr. Phil. So they see me carrying my oboe, and uh, you know, Dr. Phil cracks a smile, and Judge Judy looks at me and he goes, Hello, what's your name? What will you be playing for us today? And I say, I'm Miguel. I'll be playing Tchaikovsky Opus 20, Act 2, Scene 1. And uh, selections from Peter and the Wolf, just because. And they're like, great. And kind of no pressure, Judge Judy adds, that's excellent. I love those pieces. I love the oboe. Can you play a couple scales for us first? So uh, it's, it's so nerve-wracking. I'm sure you've been in that situation where someone asks you to do something. Like when you say you know a second language, and then someone says... Hey, okay, so say this. It's it doesn't work that way. But you're kind of forced into that situation when you have an instrument in front of you and you say you're pretty good and Judge Judy tells you to play an E flat scale. I realize that I'm so nervous that my face starts tightening up, so my lips start shaking. So I didn't really have to compensate for uh playing something uh, with vibrato. I guess. <laughs> and uh I start playing. I play Peter and the Wolf first because it's the one that everyone knows. And you see Dr. Phil kind of cross his arms and Geraldo Rivera kind of lean a little forward and put his hands together. And Judge Judy says that was very good. Um, what will you be playing first next? And Tchaikovsky Opus 20 is so the Swan Lake Ballet. And Act 2, Scene 1 starts with a grand theme. First, it's just violins that are playing this gorgeous kind of shaking sound. It's meant to evoke the forest leaves. And then the oboe comes in. The oboe comes in uh, in the part of the story where uh, the princess 
is among the swans and she starts dancing and the prince is so entranced because he was out to go hunting to relax himself that he lowers his bow and falls in love with this dance falls in love with this swan really and he realizes that it's a princess that's trapped in that swan body and that you're supposed to evoke this kind of really melancholy dance about not being who you are and being trapped in the place that you are and not knowing and the music takes over describe playing an emotion but you make it sing and you know how to make it sing because it's you behind the instrument so after I finish Judge Judy leans back in her chair she smiles she says thank you so I just kind of go out the room and collapse into my mother's arms, literally collapsing all over her afterwards. And was just like, I'm just glad that it's over. So the rest of junior year kind of goes along with the rest of junior year. You know, junior prom happens and the SATs happen and the big envelopes start coming in. I got this really pretty blue and white one from Yale, but I don't know, it was just way too expensive. <laughs> I got this red and yellow one with stars on it from USC, which just looks really, it's so LA. And then this one comes. I remember this so vividly. I had just gotten back from school. I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I remember I haven't picked up the mail yet. So I go outside to go to the mailbox. I pick up the mail and it's, 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 it's hidden there next to like the target circular. Is this like beautiful purple and white envelope. And I... You know, my heart stops, I die a little inside, and I almost throw up the peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I just had. And I rush back into the kitchen counter, and I open it, and it says, Dear Miguel, congratulations, we'd love to welcome you to the class of 2002. And then that word, unfortunately... And it, it stings. Because it says, unfortunately, you're... We can't place you in our music program. It's like we like you, but we don't really like you like you. And it's disappointing. But it's the kind of disappointing that you don't really realize until you're crying in your room two weeks later. So it takes you a while. Um, It took me a while to get over that. It took me about six months to start playing the oboe again. You know, it was still in band which made it hard. It's like seeing the girl you broke up with like in the same room and it's awkward and it you play it and it's unwieldy. But, you know, I, I would take the instrument out of the case. I'd put it together. And there's that moment of hesitation when you look at it and you just say, I don't know if this is a good idea. Because then everything comes back of, of you being weighed down by it. Now I keep my oboe in my room. There's two etude books right next to it, and then another book of just ridiculous solo pieces. If you ever want to hear Misty on an oboe, and you don't, I know how to do it. But 
it's there. You go back to the things you know because those are the things that kind of make you who you are. You tell yourself as much as possible whether or not these people like you, that you are worth it and that it's good. And you might have failed in that aspect, but I like that I'm not being paid <laughs> to play the oboe. There's a reason why it's called a profession, right? You, you profess that the instrument is what it is and that you are part of it. But I really like the fact that I'm an amateur because I love it. And at the end of the day, you know, I still know how to play the oboe. I still really like that I play the oboe. And goddammit, I still know how to make it sing. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.